Hey, Seam Siders. I hope you're having a nice day so far. Before we jump into this conversation with Nick Dornellis, I wanted to make sure you had on your radar September 20th, 2023. Why do I say that? Not only is it the day before somebody's birthday, <laughs> who could it be? But also Alice Gab herself is coming to talk with us on the Nook, giving a talk on one of her favorite topics, the radical history of banners. And if you haven't listened to Alice and I's conversation on Seamside, it's episode number 29, check it out because Alice is a powerhouse wrapped up in soft pink velvet. You're going to love her. I hope you can join us on September 20th. If you are listening to this at some point in the future, if you're not, there will be a recording waiting for you safely housed inside the nook. If you're interested, Click that link in the show notes below, the one that says free trial to the Nook, and it'll take you right where you need to be. Hope to see you there. And now, on with the show. I'm Zach Foster, and you're listening to Seamside, the show where we explore the inner work of textiles. And today we sit down with Nick Dornellis, who we spoke with almost exactly one year ago today. I've invited him back for an episode of Backstitch a short informal chat that gives the artist a chance to share what they've been working on, and it gives you, the listener, a chance to see how their creative life can play out over time. If you haven't heard my previous conversation with Nick, check out episode eight. In that conversation, we talked about the role of family and art, exhibiting your work as a way of connecting with the viewer, and using the white cube gallery space as a tool. In today's conversation, Nick catches us up on his big show that he had in Philly, how he's balancing refinement and looseness in his work these days, and what makes this July such a special month for him. So sit back, relax, and enjoy catching up with my old friend, Nick Dornellis. Can you describe for us a little bit about your studio? Well, I just got this really large, amazing Home Depot shelf, and I was able to take everything off the floor because I'm a floor person and put it on that shelf. So now my entire studio has like opened up into a new realm of possibility for sure. It feels like a culmination of all the things I've made on the walls that are like telling me what to make next. It's really fruitful and like bright in like the most calm way. All the tools are out. My iron-in table is out. All my screen print and ink is laying on the ground. It's really cozy. From what I'm seeing, it kind of reminds me of, well, one, your space has this beautiful natural light, it looks like. And so the walls are mostly white, but I see so many specks and, and pieces of color. It kind of reminds me of confetti cake. Did yeah, you ever have yeah. confetti cake, you know, from the store yes. when you were a kid? Yes, definitely. There's a handmade paper quilt piece behind me that I made years ago that got photographed and I never took it off the wall because it's so delicate and I need to archive it, which I will do this week because new things need to go up in the wall. But yeah, I am taking this entire month off to like really rekindle my life after, I mean, I've been working at my job for I think two and a half, three years now as a screen printing assistant. And my boss recently moved out of Jersey City and our relationship has elevated into this new realm of just being lifelong mentorship, I guess. I've changed my pursuits, I guess. And it, I'm no longer his screen printing assistant. And it was 
a really memorable time in my life, but I'm really, really excited about this particular month and what's ahead with my art and just all the, the things I want to do in my career. And I feel like I could regroup for a bit. And I think that's where I'm at. What do you feel, looking back on your time working as an assistant for this screen printer, mm-hmm. have you had enough time to think about what's the biggest lesson you learned, that one of the things that you're grateful for during that time? Mm-hmm. Have you had enough time to process? You know, I, I definitely felt it happening while I was working for him. I remember going into his studio and being in collaborative spirit with all these different kinds of artists, like graffiti artists and fine art artists and sculptors and just like a vast range of different kinds of artists from so many different art practices. And as someone who had just come out of an undergraduate program at the time, I was so small-minded about just about what I thought was good art. You know, I, I had this recipe for what I thought was successful. And then I got introduced into like this new realm of looking at things through screen printing and how how art practices could seep into the print world and he just like opened me up into into this new way of thinking and and reimagining what is beautiful and i was was really lucky really lucky because in the time of of opening up to that realm of making i also feel like i developed new techniques in my personal printmaking practice as a screen printer so a lot of the time it felt like I was a student almost in in the real world learning under this master printer. That really was like one of the best things that came out of that relationship is being able to see so many different artists and collaborate with them. There's like an energy that comes from that sense of collaboration when you all want to work on a 40 layer print and each color matters and each layer matters and you want to see it through and you all just get trapped in the image and you build that image together and that collaborative spirit is so essential not just in screen printing but in printmaking and in textile making and in so many different facets of the things that i've always been interested in and i was really lucky that it was a part of my my work what would nick's 2023 definition of good art be a moment ago you mentioned how when you first came out of undergrad, you had a smaller definition, and now that definition right. is amplified. Right. I think good art is when it is self-aware, but not cocky. I think good art is when it's able to communicate with a niche audience, and, it, and it's so particular and so specific towards this point in time in this narrative whether it's autobiographical or biographical or historical, whatever context it comes in, I think good art is when it's able to navigate those, those realms of conversations and make people feel exactly what it's pointing to, but offer something a little bit within, within the scope of that narrative. It's, it's able to evoke an emotion that adds onto the layers of its connotations. I used to aestheticize good art as pattern making and a whole mix up of different things that add up to like patterns, figuration, labor. But now I think of it as simple gestures that evoke an emotional response. And if it's capable of doing that, then then 
what to whatever capacity it is, I think it's successful. It doesn't have to be labored over. Sometimes you make a lot of laborious work to end up making an artifact of the work that becomes the most emotional thing. And that is truly, truly a testimony to good art. When you think of some of your recent favorite pieces, Nick, what are those pieces evoking in the viewer? Well, I've, I've taken a step away from the figure. The work that I was making when I last spoke to you was about coping with, with internal relationships with family members and the separation that came with moving away from my family. And I was working with figures figures that were still in that moment who have then aged and I kind of lost connection to them. And ever since then, I've progressed into working with the last images I took of my house before moving out, the last, very last image that I took. And I felt at the time of taking those images back in 2020 that they were like the last images to fulfill that archive of that point in time. And there were just all these empty rooms after I had boxed everything up and literally had had moved everything into the U-Haul and they were just the last empty rooms of the house. And I felt like they were they were really vulnerable depictions of what I was feeling at the time. Because in all of my other works, you see people inhabiting those spaces and the works are about the memory of how we lived in that home and how it became a vessel for safety and for nurturing our family. And I'm now creating a series of small nine by 12 prints that are just of the empty rooms. And I'm taking them through the screen printing process and creating these little voids, these little spaces that you look into. And it's kind of ironic because in the future, I see all of the handwoven work of family, figurative family pieces floating inside of the room and on the walls are just like the empty rooms themselves. So you would be able to understand the full scope of the room in that small nine by 12 piece. But when you actually look at the, the handwoven work of the full figures, you just see them in a part of that room. So it's kind of like the empty rooms have become the skeleton for investigation for what the other works were about. And this navigation into the empty rooms is allowing me to really take a step back and to really be a little bit more introspective about the new set of work that I want to make. I think it's a leap, leap in point into, into more ambitions about no longer making a work about one particular time, but multiple times at once and how multiple prints could layer and how figures could be glitchy and overlap and have multiple arms and everything that I aspire in the future works. But I think these works are testimonial to, to the last set of works that I was talking to you about in the first episode. So you see yourself moving from the figures of the family, of your family, and those earlier pieces, to the currently, in your recent work, you're doing the empty rooms, which is just... I mean, I can think of times when I've had to move out of an apartment, move out of a house, and you do that one last look before you yeah. walk out the front door and lock that door one last time. That's a poignant moment. That really is. And so that has given you this threshold to, if I understand you correctly, bring it all together, right? Place and people and memory and all these different times, present day, recent, present, 
maybe even going back as far as your childhood. I don't know. But bringing them all together in a way that fuses naturally and sits side by side. Yeah, exactly. I think, I think the rooms became unfamiliar in those photographs. They became spaces that I no longer felt attached to because all of my personal or our personal objects weren't inside of them and the figures were no longer inhabiting them and they felt really naked and raw and vulnerable and autobiographical. I felt really broken and empty in that moment and those photographs really capture that feeling of looking at someone and no longer recognizing them and I think it's very testimonial to to that body of work to include the the end stones, the end caps of of time in that space. And I think it's also honorary to capture those rooms and that house without the figures because it really was a safe space for my family and it really was the first ever space in America that we that I truly felt nurtured us. And I, and I really wanted to just hold on to it. I know those rooms don't even look like that anymore. It's a little monumental almost. And I think the scale of it being so small really was important too, because it, it helped me make at a faster pace. But it's also nice when you see something small on a wall and you just want to zoom into it. And the rooms were, were so large in real life and printing them small felt like the perfect portrait for for how they exist now as memory. Well, and by scaling them down that way, they they almost become more accessible, right? You can squeeze them into the small frame and you're like, okay, I can that chapter's closed and now I understand it better. Yeah, definitely. And I'm also able to add crazy techniques in the printing process. Like I could use the radiator vent to like spray paint and then print on top of. I could I can do so many things at a smaller scale that is fun. It reminds me of a conversation that I know folks at home will have probably listened to with your friend, Claire. That was episode number 23, if you haven't heard it yet. Because one of the things that Claire and I talked about was the idea of her having a show inside of a giant, empty supermarket in Atlanta. Yeah. And tapping into the power of that space. Right, right. Claire and I definitely share so many similarities, especially when I heard her conversation with you. I sent her this long text after I listened to the podcast and I, I, I resonated so much with how she thought of public space. And I remember thinking, wow, you work from the public, the outer space about family and autobiographical lineage through racial identity. And I'm doing the same exact thing, but just inside of domestic space. And that that really, really cherishes my relationship with Claire because it it really feels like we're making from the same exact entry point, just at different locations. We have endless conversations about these things. I know what you mean about it feeling special because when you feel like this little jewel, this little gem that you want to explore and you're exploring it from all these facets to find somebody else who's also exploring the gem from a whole new set of facets. Right. does feel there's something kindred there. There's something like it opens up a whole new area for exploration. Absolutely. And I think something that is so admirable in Claire's practice is that she is really 
so talented when it comes to using a loom. She uses the loom as a tool to then talk with it. And I think that that's something that I really value in her art practice is that she's capable of sourcing all of these different weaving patterns and the historical connotations about those weaving patterns and then put them through the loom and the weaving process to then create an artifact of, of, of narrative, of, of concept. And it's, it's seeping out of craft realm and it's gone to a degree of like a level of tangibility within concept that, that I really value in my personal work. Like a lot of the weaving patterns that I draft are, are all because they evoke a certain visceral emotion visually. Right. And I think, I think Claire and I are both really obsessed with just like surface and the way surfaces look and feel. And we're both drawn to getting to that point through, through a laborious process and kind of earning the idea of something looking worn or lived in or lived through. And, and we're both able to really navigate different aspects of the weaving process that is so intricate and it's so niche to both of us. I know that we both have very particular ways of working within the things that we do, but we've gotten to a point where we're capable of speaking with it and not at it or towards it. But she's able to take the loom and use it as a tool in her kit of different tools that she has when she creates her work. And I definitely feel that way about screen printing and hand cutting and weaving. So Nick, it's kind of hard to believe, but it is almost a year to the day since you and I last talked. In fact, I think we're five days short of it. And since that time, you've had a show in Philadelphia, the 12 Gate. Can you tell us a little bit about that show and what that meant for you in context of what we've been talking about the last few minutes? Yeah, I remember the last time we spoke, I was talking about the white cubes cube gallery space and navigating that and if i had felt like it was a genuine translation for the type of work that i was making and since then i got curated into a show at this gallery called 12 gates arts in philadelphia and the space is created to nurture southeast asian artists working in the contemporary realm and i was curated into a show called remnants of another curated by Suzanne Persaud. And the show opened up on Indian Arrival Day, which was May 5th. And it was a collective of artists, including myself, that were from Indian descent, that were a part of the diaspora of Indian laborers that migrated to South America and the West Indies at a greater lens and we are now currently working and creating work from an archival point of view in a more contemporary realm. And the show definitely is compact and it's so dense and it's so historical and it's so important. I mean, it was the first ever show in the United States that is currently talking about narratives of diaspora, of Indian servitude and, and where we, where we were and where we are now. And it was really important to be a part of that conversation and really special for my work to hold space. I think that gallery, 12 Gates Arts, is such an amazing, amazing space and so crucial and important in my my development since I last saw you. I think it's everything that I wanted out of a space. I've always craved the historical background and the contextual background behind why things are where, where they are. And I felt like my work 
found itself and and I'm so thankful to Suzanne because she it was the right place in the right time and it was exactly what my artistic spirit needed and being a part of that room was really really special and I think that really made my year honestly and we'll put a link in the show notes so folks can see your work there and then as along with the other artists that your work was appearing beside Nick what are some of the things you're looking forward to I am taking the rest of July off and I am super excited to, I feel like I started so many pieces while I was working at my full-time job and and now I get to really sit down, come to my studio every day and finish, finish where I left off and, and start new, new things. I'm really excited about where my work is going. I think the summertime is so different than any other season because you get to really coexist with the sun and daylight hours and, and really have the, the length of an entire day. And my art practice has really matured in a more, in a, in a way that, that I didn't expect it to. I think, I think I was really, I wouldn't say anxious, but I was really excited about all the different realms of making when I last spoke to you. And ever since then, I've done so much experimentation that I've really navigated and refined what I'm making and I'm more focused on screen printing now and I, I'm starting to make new weave-ins again. Weave-ins are really, really hard to make physically on the body and it's hard to, to have a studio practice where you have to leave out of the studio and go to a full-time job to then come back to weave. It's just it's just the, the mindset, you lose it and then you have to try to regain it. So this is like the perfect time for me to to work in a in a progressional realm of just staying with my work. And I'm just so excited that I'm allowing it to myself. So I'm just excited about where my work is going and I'm excited about letting go of all the work that I've already made. I think that's something that I've been really, really trying to work on. It's just letting go of my work because it's allowed me to, to create new things and new ideas and not be so not be so detailed. I mean, I'm always going to be detailed, but not be so strung up on wanting to always be detailed. I think I've really, I think I've, I've been so excited that I exhausted myself to a point where I'm just left with the meat and potatoes and that's what I'm creating now. That's the best way I could put it. <laughs> I love it. And I'll tell you that when I opened the email that you sent me with the images that you wanted me to share with this show, my first impression was like, dang, like your work is just, I don't know. It's like it's condensed. It's tightened up. There, there, there has definitely been a, an evolution, a refinement over the last year, yeah. which was just so cool to see. Thank you so much. Thank you for acknowledging that. I've been working really hard. It was immediately <laughs> apparent. Yeah. I want to loosen up a little bit more, but in the refinement, if that makes any sense. Like, I want to acknowledge the refinement and also be a little bit more free now. I'm such an A-type personality. <laughs> Embrace it. Embrace it. So as you're finishing up these projects, and I feel like as someone who's been doing a deep dive and cleaning out their own home, I think that, you know, like a lot of folks two years ago probably did that post-pandemic deep clean. Right. I'm just now doing it in summer 2023, yeah. so whatever. Yeah. But what I'm finding is I'm reminded that as much as I like the comfort of being surrounded by familiar objects, 
-hmm. At the same time, the other side of that familiarity is a certain kind of staleness that yeah. when I take those objects out of my frame of vision, right. it activates that new void, that new potential space and something, I don't know, there's, there's electricity there. So I'm looking forward to you being able to tap into some of that with your new space this month. Oh my gosh, I'm so excited about all the new work that I'm making. There's so many different pieces that are being made in my studio. Like there's different corners dedicated to different things and I'm looking at it right now and there's different speeds and different time aspects that I've really fleshed out and levels of experimentation that I don't think I've ever allowed myself I mean, I used to tell myself that I was experimenting when I really was not. I was stiff. But now it really feels like I think it's just a matter of time. I've been really, really in my studio working and I've earned this level of abstraction genuinely. And really, I feel emotional about it, honestly, because it's I've worked so hard towards getting to this feeling of of wanting to be loose. It's so hard being loose sometimes. And I, I've always struggled with it and it, it and, and I have a far way to go, but I'm excited for July and, and the progression into the fall, especially in New York and Jersey city. I think that's the beautiful thing about life as an artist, that as we see our body of work, our collected body of work, evolving and turning into something that's more reflective of the energy that we feel and that we want to put out into the world. Because that's our life's work, well, then our own lives and other areas also take on a certain charge and a certain energy. It's all just very exciting. Absolutely. And there's a level, there's a level of self-awareness that I think every artist has. And there's this self-reliance in being able to say that it looks like something I made, but not falling under the category of always, of always just using that as an excuse for it to look that way. I think you simultaneously need to question why it looks that way and if you need to improve on your craft or if it's a part of the concept. And I think you constantly need to grow. There's no end point in evolution. And I'm at a point now where things look like I made it, but that's not something that I'm always proud of. And it's something that I, that I question and I will always question in my process. And I think that's something that keeps me going. It's the conversation of aestheticism. And when it comes out of you and your hand, how much of it is really a reflection of what you did versus what you want to do. It makes me think of something I was reading recently. And this came from Leslie Noel, the director of um, Penland who said that her work balances refinement and touch, which I really like those as two end of the continuum. Absolutely. Yeah. So Nick, where, if people want to follow along with you on all these projects that you're finishing up and putting out in the world, yeah. is Instagram the best place? Or is there another place folks should be looking? You know, Instagram has become the best place. I think you've really, you've really affected my relationship with Instagram in a positive way because I was so protective of my work. But I've, I've been sharing more on Instagram and I think I want to continue to broaden the way I use it. I think it's really clean right now, but it'll get more personable as I create more work and, and have documentation of it. But yeah, Instagram is the best place. 
it'll be interesting to see how the way you inhabit Instagram changes in tandem with the work that you're producing that you speak of like wanting to loosen up and wanting to be more experimental. And I'm just wondering if that'll also happen. I think it will happen on the Instagram. It has to happen on the Instagram. There's no option. <laughs> like, because I think I could be refined and loose at the same time. There's so many ways to be in this world, right? Definitely, definitely. I want to thank you for this conversation. I feel like almost in a way that, you know, that the most recent work you shared with us, that you feel like that's kind of like the end cap to working with so much of the family work that you were talking about at the beginning of our conversation. I feel like this show is, I don't want to call it an end cap because I definitely do not want this to be the last time you and I talk, but it feels like yeah. such a nice uh, follow-up, we'll say, to our previous conversation Absolutely. a year ago. Yeah. You know, Zach, I'm so grateful for you. Like, in all honesty, I was in such a weird limbo when we had our first conversation. And I think I had this level of eagerness and I was so excited. And, I, and I'm really grateful for the space and the platform that you allowed me because I've gained so many new friends from that original talk that we had. So thank you also for your work and your contribution to not just the craft community, but the fine art community. It brings me joy. Thank you, Nick. I hope you enjoyed that conversation as much as I did. Now, if there's somebody you'd like to recommend to be a guest on this show, I'd love to hear from you. You can email me directly at Zach at ZachFoster.com. Just remember Zach is spelled Z-A-K. And why? I don't know. You have to ask my mama. I look forward to hearing from you. Until next time, take care, sew something good, and I hope to see you around the nook.